Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcasts with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. Alvado swings and he sends another jolt. Left field, way back, and gone! Five straight games for Joey Votto. Unbelievable. Votto whacks it. Right center field, well hit, and deep, and gone! Joey Votto's done it again! Hey, this is John Sadak, TV voice of the Cincinnati Reds, and you're up for Late Night Reds Talk. What is up, everybody? It is Wednesday night, nine minutes until Thursday. You know what that means. Another fantastic edition of Late Night Reds Talk, talking about Joey Votto and those Cincinnati Reds. I am Tim Daniel, as always, with our excellent crew. Excited to have our guest on, the newest Twitch affiliate, Chucky Rock and his brother's all-star game jersey. This is Mr. Ryan Castellanos. Ryan, welcome to your first episode being a guest on Late Night Red Stock. Happy to have you, man. Thank you, guys. Happy to be here. And <clears throat> Twitch affiliate sounds way cooler than what it actually is. So, Yes, it uh, does. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's basically just Twitch saying, we are recognizing that you're a real person and you're not a bot and we'll give you affiliate status. So I'm, I'm happy to have reached that. And well, there's, start somewhere. there's there's no there's no name on the back, um, I because uh, you know MLB doesn't give us last names or banners, so uh, <laughs> we're just we're just working with what we got here, I guess. Just, just lucky to be there, huh? Yeah, yeah. But we got uh, you know this on right here, so repping it. I have to say, it looks way better like on somebody than it did in the photos. Like I'm pro in the All Star Game, wear your team's jersey, but I do like how it looks when you see people actually wearing it. But God, they like the promo images that came out. I was like, I'm out. I mean, there's like I'm out. I'm I'm actually not the biggest fan of them. I like the the jerseys that open. I'm not a Mm -hmm. huge fan of these, and it's actually interesting because I found this out uh, when we were buying the jerseys, but. You know how they had the quick switch from Atlanta to yeah. uh, to uh, Denver, so they they had all their marketing stuff already set for Atlanta. So this right here, this like blue design that you see right here, is actually the Georgia State flower, and <laughs> and they just sent it out to Denver because everything was already set up there. So um, just you you can imagine how like crazy that was to try to switch everything real quick last minute. So. Yeah, well, that's why uh, the Hank Aaron thing wasn't just because of the passing, <clears throat> but it was because the game was supposed to be in Atlanta, wasn't it? Why everyone wore forty-four at uh, All Star Workout Day? Uh, 
Probably, but I think they probably would have done something like that regardless right. of that, just because of who Hank Aaron was. And I'm sure, you know, everybody was very proud to be wearing 44 for that game. So they probably would have done it either way. But yeah, it, it is it is strange how, you know, it kind of just switched over and then they just kind of kept everything the way it was. That's so. Yeah, it was definitely wild. Uh, so for those of you who are just checking us out and don't follow Ryan on Twitter, he is, you know, an elite Reds Twitter follow right now. Um, you know, whether he's joking with Cardinals and Cub fans or he's running his Twitch stream on a nightly basis during the games. Uh, Ryan's pretty involved. You've done a lot of Reds podcasts now. I saw that you were on part of the punctuation recently talking about uh, you were coming up on your first Skyline Chili experience. Yeah. So Carlos here just loves Skyline. Like he can't get enough of it. So I tried it know. twice, guys. I tried it twice. <laughs> so you can't get you can't get enough of it. You've only tried it twice. No, I he's being sarcastic. I don't like it. <laughs> oh, well, well, tell me about it. Why not? You give me it a reason. It's just because he's evil. I was expecting chili, and it's not chili, it's a topping. It's like it's uh just like I don't know, just a wet topping. <laughs> I hope the Reds Dude, win the wild. It's, not, it's way better. It's way better on the hot dog than it is on spaghetti for some weird reason. So say you're you're not a real Reds fan without saying you're not a real Reds fan, man. <laughs> Boom. Much. Hey, the local beer's good. Oh yeah, I I've heard a little bit about that. So oh yeah. So there's obviously a lot we would kind of want to just like shoot the shit and talk about with you, obviously. Um, and I think one of the things that's really been pretty cool about your family <clears throat> in Cincinnati is uh, seeing your nephew, Liam, get a lot of uh, recognition for the shirt that Nick wore. The All-Star game was really cool. But where did his Blink-182 fandom come from? Because, you know, younger kids, that's that's pretty cool to know. Like, I've seen Blink in concert my share of times, but I'm 32. <laughs> so when younger kids are, like, singing Blink-182 songs, that's pretty exciting for me. I'm going to be dead honest with you. I don't know. I, I don't even know the lyrics of the song that he's uh, – that, that he was singing the only blink 182 song i know is the in too deep and that's because it was the song from the cheaper by the dozen uh movie um so i really don't know i think that might have been like a winker thing but i was able to catch them singing it again uh in the bus on the way back from the home run derby and uh kevin gossman got in on it too so um I got to see him do it, but I don't know the lyrics and I don't know where it came from. I don't think Nick listens to that either. So that might have just been a winker thing that kind of Liam caught up with, or I, I, I don't know the backstory, but I have seen the videos and, and it's awesome. I mean, Liam's given his dad a run for money for, for uh, Castellanos of the year. I mean, he's having a pretty good run so far. I, it's There's no competition. If anything, me, me and Nick, compete for whatever's left of second place uh <laughs> liam is the top spot guaranteed because he is a he is a philanthropist an artist and an entrepreneur and donates to charity and he hasn't even turned eight yet that was so, the coolest part that he got to pick his own charity that's awesome yeah um they gave him a uh, a list i think it was about 10 and uh he was going through the the charities they kind of explained to him what each of them did and he picked the Dragonfly Charity, uh, which I believe does uh, pediatric brain cancer. And I don't think it's called Dragonfly Charity. I think it's called Dragonfly Foundation. I just want to make sure I get it right. Um, but um, 
I think he ended up picking that name because it has dragon in it. And Nick and Liam are in the midst of watching Dragon Ball Z. So I think that's, <laughs> that might have been a reason why he picked it. <laughs> I figured it was either that or Game of Thrones. It's normally the dragon part. I don't think he's old enough to watch Game of Thrones. Probably not. I ha- I've never seen Game of Thrones, Me you neither. guys. Me neither. I, 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 I need to get it. on it. Yeah. I tried like two episodes. I shouldn't say I've never watched it. Then. I tried like the first season because my girlfriend at the time was really into it. And I was like, sorry, I can't get into it. That's like up my alley. But yeah, couldn't do it. Really? Because it's up my alley too. And I haven't gotten into it because I don't want to create like a three month black hole in my <laughs> life where I do nothing that happened to me with Breaking Bad. It was it was yes. bad. Because yes. Breaking Bad is seven seasons long, and I could not go to class in college for like three <laughs> weeks. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <if> <laughs> I, I, Wait, I did my homework. Okay, I did my homework. We know they just put the t- teaser out that Dexter's coming back, and that was like my alley. I was into that for a pretty bad while too. So that's after those last two seasons, they definitely need to do a lot of remakes for that. So I'm excited for that as well. Um, so yeah, man, like you've obviously gotten pretty big at interacting with Reds fans on social media. Um, you shouted us out for the John Sadak episodes. So we definitely appreciate that. Um, how are you liking, you know, this fan base so far, especially compared to when your brothers with the, with the Cubs, with the Tigers? I, I, I love it, man. It really has been a breath of fresh air because uh, I had posted something about, about it on Twitter. You know, uh, I think it was yesterday about how, when people look at Cincinnati, they see, you know, small market team, um, from the outside looking in, you know, it's easy to say, like, you know, who really cares about the Reds? You know, they're not, uh, you know, they're not one of the big market teams. They don't have all like the pull that all the other teams do. But if you really come and immerse yourselves here, you really learn that not only is it one of the richest, you know, cities in terms of history of baseball, but these fans, they know so much about it. They care so much about it. And it's just one of those cities that they do have a, a very vocal uh, interactive fan base, but there's also this dormant feeling of the city where it'll just explode. If the team gets to the playoffs, makes some noise and I can feel it bubbling and I want it to come into fruition. So I would want nothing more than for this team to get a good run make the playoffs and have some success in the playoffs and really feel the full buzz of what Cincinnati baseball fans have to offer. Cause you get a little bit of taste of it right now, or at least I have, and it's kind of intoxicating because being a Dolphins fan, I can kind of relate to having a city with such a, a rich history for a, a, a sports team but having that been feeling like it had to have been subdued due to, you know, maybe past struggles or, or different decisions, uh, you know, in, in, in seasons of late. But um, I, I really just appreciate um, the fans, the, the passion that they show, obviously the support that they showed for me, my, Nick and my family um, and comparing it to the Cubs fan base. I mean, I was completely blown away by not only the sheer numbers of the Cubs fan base, but also their passion as well. And I was honestly expecting to have a drop-off coming to Cincinnati. And if anything, it increased because the fans here are so passionate 
And I think the difference between here and Chicago is they are so hungry. They are so hungry to win and that's all they care about. And when you have players like Nick and like Winker and Votto, especially recently, not just his numbers, but I'm talking about showing passion on the field and, and just really, you know, showing to the fans that all they care about is winning and, and, you know, putting on a good show for the city and putting it out on the field. That is what it's all about. And that is really what brings the joy of what I have for baseball out. And I express it to everybody, you know, through Twitter, through my streams, anytime I meet them, because I love fostering that, that energy and that love for the game in, into fun and into, you know, passion. And Cincinnati offers that a hundred percent tenfold. And, and I, and I, and I, I shine light on it because I want people to see that from the outside. I feel like unless you're here and immersed in it, it's easy to overlook <clears throat> Cincinnati as a, as a baseball town, which I think it is. I mean, I, you guys could probably tell me that it's a football town, but I think it's a baseball town. It's definitely baseball, baseball town. town. Yeah. <laughs> baseball town. Okay. I don't know if you've Get heard about okay. the NFL team in Cincinnati. It's um, brutal. I know, I know about the bungles. Yeah, it's not fun. Uh, it's not fun at all. Um, but yeah, I, I appreciate that you said because it's kind of the thing where like I feel like with Cubs fans, it's like, well, you know, Bill Murray's at every game. CM Punk's really popular. It's like, yeah, but we got Charlie Sheet for for the Red, so we got that going for us. Yeah. Uh, on the field, though, you know, obviously picking up some big wins here. I know Nick's been out for a little while, but. What have you kind of, what's kind of jumped out to you from the performance, especially, you know, I know Votto's the big one this week alone, five of 10 at the plate this week with five homers is pretty awesome. Um, but, you know, seeing this team kind of keep a flow, obviously making some moves, finally, you know, get some more arms in the bullpen. What's kind of jumped out to you as far as what the Reds ball club has been able to do throughout the season? Um, well, I've, t I've talked about the, the rookies a lot. Um, India has been, so impressive. Um, I'll talk about him first before I go to the other rookies. Um, I, I know that Jeff over at the Pardon the Punctuation podcast kept explaining to me how the leadoff hitter for years here has been basically by committee. And the leadoff <laughs> hitter has been something that's been elusive to this front office. And to be able to fill that role with a not only a good player, but a rookie at that, and to have him you know put up the numbers and and compete the way that he has that's got to be such a breath air breath of fresh air for you know this front office and the fan base and what he's doing as a rookie is really 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 impressive that's not normal for what rookies to do to be putting up 400 on base percentage to be able to have the back control that he does to be able to take the tough pitches that he does and just to be able to know what his role is, he's not going up there trying to hit the crap out of the ball. He's going up there to try to find a way to get on base. And I feel like sometimes in today's game, that's lost in a lot of players. Um, and Stevenson, I mean, he's the way that he covers the plate, the way that he is calm in the toughest moments. I mean, Nick's talked about it in some of his interviews. Um, Stevenson's demeanor is not like a rookie at all. Um, his calmness, the presence that he has in those clutch situations, that was something that, that Nick said he had to learn, you know, 
to develop over time. And it took him a couple seasons to be able to do it. So when you see Stevenson come and do it immediately and consistent and consistently give you that clutch at bat that usually is required of a veteran, that is also very impressive and not normal for a rookie to do. Um, to go on with somebody else who's been very impressive, who I am a 100% stand for is Kyle Farmer. I think Kyle Farmer single-handedly uh, kept this infield together uh, because of the injuries to Moose, the injuries to um, Senzel. The fact that you can put him in on shortstop and you can get very good defense from him, it doesn't even matter what he does at the plate because defense – Shortstop is a defensively premium position. And when you have a team like the Reds, who are amongst the top in the National League in a lot of offensive categories, and you can have a guy like Farmer who you can stick there every day and be dependent on to give you good defense, that is completely invaluable. And I would really wonder where we would be right now without Farmer at short, especially with the injuries that we've had. And obviously, Gino being at short, that was kind of an experiment that we've kind of gotten away from. So really ask yourself, what, where would we be right now without Farmer? Nick, what, what, what your, Nick I know you're very pro He's done well, He's done well as of late, but I don't think it's a top priority to go get a shortstop right now. I wouldn't – I mean – I was looking at Trevor Story's numbers, especially like his splits. That's somebody who's being talked about a lot. And I don't know if that's worth it right now at this point. It's almost like a gamble, like maybe go fifth starter, another dominant 100%. reliever yeah. over that. I mean, like, like you said, I mean, usually it's catcher <laughs> and shortstop where you can be okay. Just give me something defensively. Exactly. And their catchers are, are killing it offensively. So you can take that, you know, the – the average hitter or slightly below average at uh, at shortstop from what he's been so far. But I mean, hopefully he keeps moving the way he is right now. Yeah. But remember the, the batting average in the league is low. So his average is up to what? 240 something right now. Yeah. And t today's 244 was five years ago, 285. So <clears throat> he's already creeping up there in terms of average, but yeah. once, ag but once again, that's not the value that he's bringing to this team. So anything that he does offensively, I think is just icing on the cake. And remember, he's doing this all while injured because yeah. he his dream was to be a shortstop in the in major leagues. And the Dodgers weren't having any of that. They wanted him to be a catcher. So he tooled his body to be a catcher. And then now that he's sniffing the opportunity to be a shortstop, he's completely taken that and run with it. Uh, there was, I read reports about how he lost all this weight. He became, you know, in the best shape of his life. And now he's taking his one opportunity that he has to be a starting shortstop for a team. And he is literally giving this team everything they could have hoped for. And I would say a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, I would say, yeah. I mean, Kyle Farmer is by far the best shortstop option right now for the Reds. Um, um, I mean, he turned what was an absolute, Ryan, you said a very nice – it was a disaster with Suarez. It, it was an experiment. <laughs> um, I mean, Suarez was like – you know, we're talking – it was like minus 12 outs above average, in, and that was like in less than half the time that Farmer has played, and Farmer's plus three right now. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, he just completely turned what was an absolute 
disaster into at least um uh, yeah i think he's been about probably about a, a league average shortstop but for a guy that's a catcher that's incredibly impressive um i don't know i would i would caution you know people not to you know think that what kyle farmer's done in july is is going to continue um I mean, he's, he's had a good season he's got a 93 weighted runs created plus that seven percent below league average for a shortstop that's good um i, I don't know i, I he's definitely yeah. he, he definitely could play every day against left-handed pitching he's really good splits against left-handed pitching but against right-handed pitching throughout his career it's i don't know the reds need to improve there's there's remember they're in a seven game hole right now so right. where it, it really at this point is where can you improve um, and, and what are the options? Um, I think Trevor story is a massive upgrade. I don't really care what his numbers say this year. Um, he's well, a, you can't just, you can't just use Kyle farmer's numbers against him and then not use Trevor stories against him. I was using Kyle farmer's career numbers against him. And he's never played Trevor. every day. I, I, I mean, who would you that bet? Who would, who would you bet on? Who would you bet on to, to, to have, better overall numbers uh from august 1st through the end of the year that's how that's how you have to view it gamble nick (laughs) but but that's that's how you have to view it so i i I would agree with you that i I, even though i'm i'm sitting here saying that kyle farmer needs to be appreciated more i'm not saying that trevor story wouldn't be an upgrade i'm not saying trey turner wouldn't be an upgrade of course they would but I, what I am saying is that if we're going to spend more resources to upgrade this team, I don't think that that's the, the, the spot that we need. Cause if you think about it, we're having Senzel coming back. We're having Mustakas come back. We're probably already going to have to do a by committee rotation. I'm assuming we're going to leave Jonathan India playing every day. I'm assuming we're going to want Votto in there every day. So if Moustakis is playing every day, that means that Gino's on the bench or Farmer's on the bench. And if Farmer's not playing shortstop, who's going to play shortstop? And by, at, by adding another player, let's say Story or Trey Turner, yeah, that would give us a, a very good shortstop to play every day. But with the, the fact that we're already putting up, I would say, very good offensive numbers, and we've shown that despite Farmer, you know, mi- even with farmers offensive numbers or not, we're going to be able to put up runs. If we were to go out and spend more resources to get another piece, I would 100% have it be pitching, whether it's another starting pitcher or another piece in the bullpen, you can't guarantee that Sims or Antone are both going to be back and healthy for the stretch. You can't guarantee that all three of these new pitchers that we got are going to work out and be very good pieces. Every single competing team that wants to win no matter how good they are, they can always use pitching, but not every team needs to include more bench players, you know, for the field or for the outfield. We have a long, we have a log jam of outfielders. And once everybody gets back, we'll have a log jam of infielders and we could always use pitching. So that's just where I think we would, we should use the resources. If we were to go out and get a shortstop, I wouldn't be upset about it, but I do think that, Farmer has at least shown enough that we can ride with him as our starting shortstop. I well, saw me... that today they checked in on Alberto Mondesi and I was like, yeah, that sounds great. But like, is he ever going to play like a regular season, like fully ever? 
I don't want the other one. I want Lopez. Yeah. <laughs> going same. to the, the Royals. Uh, I mean, like, I think Kyle Farmer has proven to this point that he can, he can hit left-handed pitching. Like, I would almost platoon him with Moustakas if Moustakas came back to keep Moustakas healthy. Like, that's what I think of Kyle Farmer. I, I don't want to, like, you know, Kyle Farmer's done an incredible job, you know. I, I just they're they're seven games back. They gotta find ways to improve. If they can go out and get a front line starter and make that their, you know, their fill in their fist starter, that's a great way to improve. Um if they they could go out and get a center fielder, like if Byron Bucks came available, yeah, sure. The Reds have good options in, in center field, but I, I think they they, you know, they remember they're in a seven game hole. They they've got to do more than just enough, you know what I mean? So um, I, I yeah, don't know. I, I think they true. need, they need to improve. Uh, it's, yeah. it's where can you improve with the, with the best value without tanking your future, you know, um, 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 at this point. So I don't know. It's just, it's just whatever's, whatever's available. I, I, I would, I mean, I would agree with that. Seven games is, you know, at, at this point of the season, seven games is just about the point where you're like, okay, we need to start making moves now. And, with that being said, I do think we made the most important moves that we needed because um, not only are getting these fresh arms in the bullpen going to you know, be helpful for us because they're good pitchers, but it's also going to make it so we don't have to use our most reliable star, uh, relievers as much as we've had. Um, so that's going to be a huge boost to our team. Um, if we could get another starter, I think that that would be a huge boost in the rotation. Um a, a seven games being a lot, you know, if we could get another big bat, that would be good. But um, would you say in response to that, we would have to trade one of our major league bench players? Probably not. The Reds don't really have a lot of major league contracts that I think are too attractive for, for other teams. Um, what about Nick? Outside of India, India is probably the only starter right now that 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 would would give you anything of value and i don't think anyone here well, wants to trade no him. no he's, or stevenson he's not, those will be the yeah. only two that i think have significant value that are like on the active roster so i think you'd be looking at at um you know you know in your your, your prospect pool um yeah <laughs> so in the chat, we have Senor Fluffy 33. I want to make sure I gave his screen name a full shout. He said, uh, yes. Barrero has played well enough that double A, triple A, that would have worn a call up with him over trading for a rental for two months. I love what he's doing, but I don't know if I'm there. I still feel like if they can get better, get better. But if you know, Barrero is not a terrible fallback option if that's what it's going to be. Well, you can't go back if, if he, right. he doesn't perform. You know, this that's that's the deadline, you know, um, you, you, you say, Oh, well, you know, we'll go with farmer, you know, farmer, you know, goes back to his career numbers. We call it barrier. He, he isn't, you know, as we've seen all year, triple a numbers don't always equate to major league success. You know, we saw with the last pitcher that pitched last night, he had phenomenal numbers in triple a, you know, it, it doesn't always just, just translate. Um, I would much prefer, you know, barrio be, and an extra guy and not put, you know, the pressure on, on him, you know, um, but you also have to remember if Kyle Farmer gets injured. It's Barrio. That's it. Or it's Mike yeah. Freeman. Like that's the shortstops 
no one's putting Suarez back there, right? I mean, that's it. So it's not just even necessarily, you know, um, upgrading. It's also (laughs) even a little bit of depth. You know, I can't believe there weren't more uh, India tweets coming in after he made that uh, charging play from the shortstop position, like in the seventh or sixth inning, whatever it was. I thought they were going to start flowing in for sure. Oh, everyone could play shortstop. Come on. India for short. Yeah, he he was a third baseman, right? Yeah, earlier in the minors. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That that that's a tough transition. Usually, you you start at short and then you transfer to the other positions. Yeah. I, I don't really think you go from third to second and then go try out shortstop. Yeah, um, but but what, what, what do I know? I'm, I'm a pitcher. I'm not even an athlete. So I wish we would have uh, figured that out in March. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently the Reds uh, whole organization at one time is former third baseman, Senzel, India, Castellanos, you know, it's just kind of, kind of, it's a trend I'm noticing. Moustakis glove over yes. at third base. Was Moustakis really a shortstop open point? No chance. No. <laughs> was he? Oh, I don't know. I thought someone said Moustakis. I was like, no, it, we we're talking about third baseman. Oh, yeah, oh. third baseman. They had uh, yeah. all around the place. How was Nick at third? Uh, honestly, growing up, Nick was a shortstop, and he was always really good. He was always like amongst the best defenders on his team. Um, he was an infielder for you know Team USA when he was eighteen. When he played with Harper and Machado. Um, and obviously being uh, in the infield for uh, a large part of his minor league career. Um, I think the problem with what happened with Nick at, with, at third was um, he played third for his first year in the minors uh, with the white caps, which was low a, then he played third in high a. And then uh, once they traded for fielder Detroit, I mean, and then they put uh, Cabrera at third, um, they basically put him to the outfield. So he started double a in right which was his first time playing right for half a season. And then he started AAA the next year in left. So he played the full year in AAA at left. And then when he got called up as a September call-up in 2013, I believe, his first big league start was in left. And then after that season ended, they said they were going to put him at third. So he was starting at third base as a 22-year-old where the last time he played third – in any meaningful game was in high a. So the three years that he spent playing third, uh, he told me, or he was saying how it was just, he had never had time there to get comfortable because he, there was so many things he was trying to get acclimated to while playing on a team that had all these championship expectations, being in a locker room with so many established, you know, veterans and all that, where he talked about playing, you know, stressed and not comfortable where at third base, you know, being so close to the, to the hitter. And if you're, if you're not loose and you're not comfortable uh, it's, it's going to be a struggle uh, to play. Um, And I'm not talking about numbers or anything. I'm just talking about how he, how he expressed how he felt Um, when he did move to the outfield. uh, He said that it just kind of made him relax, you know, um, just being able to calm down, you know, uh, collect his thoughts. Uh, and, it, and it really uh, helped his hitting, you know, flourish a little bit at that time. Um, but I, I have seen Nick play very good uh, third base. I've, had see, I've seen Nick make terrific plays at short. Um, so I know that he has it in him to do that. 
But if you guys are asking, do I think he can go do that right now? I have no idea. I haven't seen Nick take a ground ball in years. So, um, so but, we but, do have another backup shortstop, Kirby. <laughs> well, well, uh, well. I mean, if it if it means anything, he is the person usually that they bring in for the the yeah. fifth infielder. So, I yeah, used to uh, when Nick's for last three years with the Tigers, I used to always draft him in fantasy baseball because Yahoo gave him like every just about every position eligibility would be like outfield third base second base I was like this is perfect i can play him in the lineup every day in a different spot like always make sure i took him in the middle <laughs> rounds and then he you know, obviously blows up and he gets to be like one of the best hitters in baseball and now i'm like reaching to get him so yeah and i guess his uh i'm, I'm not a big like card collector or anything but um ed from uh part in the punctuation was talking about it that He's been like uh, swarming to get uh, Nick's cards now because I guess the prices are shooting up. I just um, got a top series two from this year that he had, yeah, that he had autoed. I don't know anything about the cards or the brands or the series or anything like that. He, he told me that one had just sold on eBay for like a hundred dollars or something. And my response was, is, is that expensive? Is that a lot for a card? I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> It's a weird market, man. It's, I kind of got into it like during the pandemic, like, like everyone did, I feel like. Um, and then I kind of like started sticking with it. Now my wife wants to kill me because our side <laughs> room in our basement is just all cards laying everywhere. But yeah, it's so weird. I was, I was trying to get my four-year-old son into it. I thought it'd be kind of cool. Like, Hey, let's go, you know, Saturday mornings, let's go to target or whatever and, and, and go get a pack and open it up and go through that excitement that I went through. And I see there's like signs saying, you know, baseball cards will no longer be sold just because people go crazy for them. It's, it's wild. People are legitimately having fist fights in Target parking lots to stand in line <laughs> to buy baseball cards. Like, yeah, I, I, I used to get in fights for cards, but that was just Pokemon cards. <laughs> <laughs> like, did you do the Jake Paul? Did you wear your Charizard around your neck? I actually saw that and I love that so much because those <laughs> cards are so expensive yes they are like ridiculously expensive and i i don't i don't think i had any of those but back in like the early 2000s maybe even late 90s i had an entire binder each of us me my sister and my brother we had an entire binder where there was probably like 45 50 60 cards but we would only keep the shiny ones or they call them the holographics the rare ones and the and I have no idea how much that binder would have been worth because all those cards are from like the early 2000s, late 1900s. So when we had figured out that all these cards were selling for so much, my mom had went through all of our basement storage and, and attic storage and everything. And we couldn't find any of them because <laughs> we thought that we, we were sitting on a gold mine, but I, I guess we'll never know. Senor Fluffy said he bought Nick's first rookie card autograph for $300. Oh, my goodness. For cardboard, man. It's pretty wild. Hey, Senior Fluffy, man, you're the real MVP. We appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, – I got lucky you pulled that one I got out of a pack. That doesn't happen often, so. Okay. Um, yeah, it's few and far between. Um, so, I kind of want to ask this. I don't know if you know. So, I'm, I'm a big <clears throat> shoe guy, as you can see behind me. And I noticed with like, because, you know, baseball athletes, you don't hear a lot about why they pick the brands or who they wear and whatnot. What was it about a, is, is Nick signed with Adidas? And what was it about Adidas necessarily where he's wearing their stuff mostly of anyone? Um, so 
he did have uh he was signed with adidas i don't know if he's still signed with adidas um so i don't want to say that he is now or not but uh for the last three or four years i believe um he was an adidas athlete so he would have you know his merchandise sent to him um and he would have uh kind of like a an amount that he would get per year and obviously he wouldn't use all that so every christmas we would get like adidas gift cards where he said use them by january 1st or it's gone and that would be my favorite day of the year i and and i would spend it all on shoes because i love the adidas shoes like the ultra boosts and all that different colors different designs so i'd blow like like 85 percent of the card on shoes and my brother's like you know what don't you want to get some clothes or don't you want to dress yourself up a little bit? And I'm like, no, man, I got these ultra boosts. I'm good. <laughs> I was curious. Yeah. Cause baseball, like, you know, you know, obviously it's talked about all the time with baseball athletes. They aren't marketed like, you know, NBA players with signature sneakers and things like that. Like, you know, if you probably wouldn't know if you didn't watch the games that Joey Votto, is he a Nike athlete? Or is he just true to wear Nike Carlos? He's a Nike athlete. Most, if you're wearing something on the field, you're that athlete. I figured as much, and I know he uses Nikes on my feet by Mac Miller as his walk-up song, so I'm with it. Yeah, yeah. As you can see, I'm I'm as pro Nike as it gets. So. Yeah, he's been uh he's been with Nike. I think pretty much since day one. I think maybe he was with Adidas at the beginning, but yeah, he's been on Nike for a while. He's had me on scholarship. That's been nothing real nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. So let's kind of talk a little bit, dudes. Some trade deadline moves, obviously. The Reds picking up some guys today. I listened to um, New York, New York today just to kind of hear their reaction to everything that happened. And they're talking about Luis Sessa and how, like, they're like, that's a really great move for the Reds. It's really awesome. And what was the other pitch they got with him? That Wilson. Wilson, yeah. thank you. And that one, they didn't seem too sad about losing necessarily. Um, I don't, you know, and then, of course, today, the deal for the, with Michael Givens. I think all these teams we've been hearing this all offseason from Reds Twitter is, you know, this is a team that's more than likely not going to do what they can to improve and get better. And as we saw, you know, those last, you know, in the last 24 hours, even they've kind of gotten some extra bullpen help. Uh, we talked about earlier in the show, it's time to see what's the next step is as far as improving the team. But uh, we got to see two of these guys pitch tonight. I don't know if Michael Givens is even with the team yet. I'm, you know, it's hard to know, but obviously uh, getting two at, at an inning each from those two guys was pretty exciting to see tonight. So. Yeah, Sessa's stuff looked really good. I'm kind of excited to see him pitch some more. He looked good, attacked the zone. His breaking balls look look sharp, so that's exciting for sure. Anyone who steps on the mound who looks like they belong is, uh, <laughs> is good this year. Um, yeah, yeah. Sessa has has really good numbers. You know, seems like a good pickup. Um, I mean, I think Wilson's only pitched like 18 innings for the Yankees, so you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, write him off. You know, he has pretty good career numbers. Um, uh, Reds pitching coach, Derek Johnson has had a little tiny bit of success with, with some guys say. who've been written <laughs> off. Um, the thing I liked most about that trade though, was that the Reds didn't just get Sessa is that they got Wilson because getting Wilson was what uh, got the Reds to make that trade with the player to be named later, which is probably going to be, you know, no top prospect or anything like that. So that was, I think the most encouraging thing was that they, because the Reds could have went and got relievers uh, without paying. Like, like when the Brewers got Willie Adamas, he was on a league minimum contract. So they had to give up good assets to get him, 
Whereas, you know, the Reds, they didn't mortgage their future to get these guys and that they upgraded. So that's what I like about it. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm here going to, I'm going to pump up Wilson here because he was a Detroit Tigers teammate with Nick. Um, this was about uh, maybe two or three years ago. I, I know in relievers or pitchers terms, that could be a very long time, but he was one of the best relievers there with Detroit. So I've seen him be very dominant. Um, I've seen him have electric stuff. I know he doesn't have, you know, good numbers here. I, I didn't know that he had only pitched 18 innings. So that's even more of a reason to be, you know, excited to have him. Um, I think that having Wilson is a win-win because A, he's a lefty. So it's good to have another lefty in the bullpen. And B, if he, you know, can pitch anywhere close to what I've seen him pitch in Detroit, that's going to be a huge key for the bullpen. Um, so when I had saw that we got Wilson, I, I was very excited without even knowing his numbers, just knowing him and having met him and knowing, you know, how he is in the clubhouse. I don't know if you guys saw um, in the in the game feed, but as soon as Wilson was done, he came back into the into the, the dugout, was there chatting with Nick. Um, super good, uh, you know, locker room guy. Um, he's been there, done that and pitched in a bunch of different roles. He's closed before. Um, he's been late inning guy before he's been a setup guy before. So I think he's going to be a very good addition to the bullpen. Um, Sessa watching him today. This is my first time ever watching him. Um, I don't really know much about him, but his numbers are great. His stuff looked good. And, uh, like you were saying, he looked very confident. So, um, so I'm very happy about that. And, uh, Givens, I think he, uh, I think Trent, uh, Trent from the athletic, I think he had tweeted today that um, he would be joining the team today, but would not be active today. So I, I think he's probably just getting in today. And I think he's probably going to be ready to go tomorrow, but I really don't know much about Givens either. So I will let you guys know once I see him pitch. <laughs> Sessa got a shout out from Mocho Cinco tonight. Yeah. We're in the 85. Oh, Sessa. Yeah. That was when I saw that too. Yeah, Chad Johnson sets his end of a tweet saying, nicely done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Wilson, from, from 2012 to 2020, every single year, there's not one bad year on here. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not just talking ERA. I'm talking the the, the FIP, the XFIP, um, the XERA. That started in 2015. I mean, every year is, is, is a above average pitcher. Um is expected ERA this year is 4.72. Um, so, so that, that 7.5 is, is, is a very much, that's 18, 18 innings on, on the dot. So um, what, why, do you, why does it only have 18 innings? I mean, probably it wasn't super effective. Um, Yankees weren't winning a lot of games this year. Let's well, go. I don't know if he was like hurt or. I, I just don't know. Back. Just wondering. Like, and I'd like, I want to see those. I'm going to look those numbers up too, to see like, you know, I mean, one of them was in the R8, 18 innings. Is, you have two, yeah, because they bad said in the um, well, yeah, that's what they said. Sadak said on the, in the broadcast tonight. So the Yankees played against the Mets in January, I mean, in July, January. Wow. And he had an <laughs> outing where he had no outs recorded and gave up five earned runs. Mm. So well, there you, you go. Know, right. That's why we don't just focus on ERA for 18 inning relievers. It's pretty silly. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I think he's he, he's certainly better than what the Reds had pitching the last inning last night. So uh, you, you start there and you, you, you see what you got. Um, um, Givens is, is um, 
Um, has a really, really sparkling ERA. You know, some of the other stats kind of say he's probably more of a league average pitcher, but if that's all he is, sign me up, you know, like, the, right. like, like, like <laughs> we'll take all the league average pitchers in the bullpen we can. I, I mean, it, 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 you know, all jokes aside, I mean, you know, if you're having Sims and Antone and Lorenzen back and Sessa pitches like you want, when you start filling in your fifth, sixth, seventh. Santion. Santion. Yeah. When you start filling, you know, those are fine to have league average pitchers there. And I think Brad Brock, like, is a fine pitcher. Um, um, he just isn't your eighth inning guy. But I, I fully believe in Heath Embry. I will say it here. I'll say it now. Uh, you don't accidentally strike out 14 and a half batters per, per nine innings. Like he's legit. He's legit. Um, so I am all in on Embry. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the Reds could turn around and have a nice bullpen. Um, I don't think they have to keep, I don't think they have to get another reliever. I would, I prefer they get another starter or a shortstop before they get any more relievers, just because you could go get a, you could go get like a Taylor Rogers. That's been the guy talked about a lot. He's hurt right now. You get him and he gets hurt again. And boom, there's your reliever that you you spend a ton on, you know, for two months. So um, I kind of like the way they, they they got quality, but but not not the the top end. If if they had more, like you and I were talking about before we came on air too. The beauty about Sessa is you have him for a couple of years. Yeah. So you know his next. I think next year's his first arbitration season. Yeah. Have like a, uh, side note: Cubs starter tonight, Zach Davies. Said on Joey gesturing the Cub dugout after his two home runs. He hit a ball out. That's on me. But if there's disrespect, that's an issue. What? No way. Yeah. <laughs> no way. Wait a minute. What? <laughs> I, I yeah. look up Zach Davies was offended about Joey, I guess, pointing towards their dugout. I didn't really see anything like that. But wait, so, but, someone tagged but, me in this. <laughs> but pointing towards the Reds dugout is what towards he's, the he's talking dugout. about. I don't, want, has, I don't want to hear any of that crap, man. Are you kidding me, Zach Davies? Yeah, I'm like, what? Are you Zach kidding Davies? me? You, you, you should, Zach Davies should be happy that Votto even decided to go around the bases. He should have just dropped <laughs> the bat and walked right to the dugout, honestly, and yeah. wore that wore that suspension like a champ. Did Debias get traded before that quote? Is he still a cub? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is he still on your team? Like, I, I have no problem with like what Baez did. It's Same. just. It's this, it's this, what he did's fine. And what Garrett did, I don't, I don't understand that at all. Like, ay, ay, ay. it's just not. It's, it's, it, <laughs> I, I, I tell this to the Cubs because obviously I've been vocal about, you know, the, the bias thing and the suspensions and the inconsistency with MLB. And of course, you know, Cubs fans are going to be coming at me because I have a lot of them following me. And a lot of them aren't happy with my take, but I'm trying to explain to them that. It doesn't even really have anything to do with Baez. It doesn't have anything to do with the Cubs. They're basically just a Trojan horse for our uh, our anger with the MLB and their lack of incon- and their inconsistency and their inability to lay out a framework that shows the teams around the league what's okay to do, what's not okay to do. And I'm sorry. I know I've said this multiple times, but in a world where um, where Javi Baez can hop over the railing where he's not even involved in the play and charge over at a mirror and literally tell him to fight. And that isn't a suspendable, a suspendable offense, but Nick sliding into home plate or a mirror getting extra and celebrating a strikeout on the mound. 
I, I just don't understand how that makes sense. And when you hear players talk about emotion nowadays, because back then there wasn't a whole lot of emotion showed out on the field like this, but you hear players saying emotion is good. Everything is good. Um, but just make sure you're directing it at your dugout, at your team. It's a celebratory thing with your team. And Baez didn't even look at his team at all. He didn't even look at first base. He was just staring right at, uh, you know, right at Amir the entire time and was making it personal. And I'm not even saying that you should suspend him for it. I'm, sh- I'm okay with it just being a fine. But what I'm not okay with is the fact that the Reds players do that and even to a lesser degree, and they continuously get suspended for it. So the anger is that the MLB has, they either are purposefully doing this or they're just so bad at trying to create a framework that's consistent that people in Cincinnati, they really have no other thing to think other than I feel like MLB just really doesn't like us and they're out to get us and they don't really care about us and they don't treat us like these other markets or other teams that get this treatment like the Cubs or the, you know, the, the Padres with their stuff and, 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 and the Dodgers, it's just, it's a little frustrating kind of looking at it from that perspective. And maybe, you know, I'm just biased and, and because I'm a Reds fan, but I don't think so. I think we have enough of an argument to say that this is a little bit ridiculous with kind of how MLB has decided that to handle this with their suspensions. Yeah. I mean, one thing about that bias thing alone is he threw the bat and it went towards him. I know it didn't like hit his feet or anything, but it was, it was pretty close. Like you can't do that shit. Like you get, you get suspended for that. You can't walk like that and yell and then throw a bat and then everything's cool. Like how did the Cubs get a pass? It's, un, it's, it's unreal. So do you think that if Amir uh, decided not to, uh, you know, have restraint and if Amir decided to go right at Baez, do you think Baez would have been suspended? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Mirror got suspended more, I'm sure, somehow. Yeah. yeah. He probably would have been suspended the rest of the year. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're basing it completely on the, the reaction. And, and take Amir aside, because some of Amir's antics are probably a little bit over the top. Let's just focus on your brother and Baez. That's yeah. the most insane part of this, because your brother literally – there was no intentions there. Like Baez came to the plate with the intentions of trying to piss off Garrett and to get a reaction out of him. Like your brother just reacted and he walked yeah. away and put his hands behind his hand back. behind his back. Like, I thought he's the one that grabbed him. Like, yeah. And, and I, it's not, you, you're not even sure that the benches would have cleared if Yachty didn't react the way that he did exactly. be, because Nick was walking away. But I, I I've had plenty of Cubs fans or just troll accounts. I can't really tell yet at this point. Um, tell, telling me that, that I'm, I'm a hypocrite. No, they're not the same. They're not the same. Uh, <laughs> telling me that, um, that God, you made me lose my train of thought. Telling me that what Baez did and what Nick did, that I'm hypocritical for being upset with what Baez did because Nick did the same thing. And I'm sorry, but Nick would absolutely never, ever, ever, ever do that what Baez did he would never make it kind of about himself in that moment he would never go out of his way to try to make somebody feel extremely disrespected and to be honest I was even a little shocked at kind of how Nick did the sliding at home plate not that it was bad but that kind of like pen that kind of like you know emotion and whatnot in that moment 
I don't really see that from Nick all that much. And when you take it, you know, with the whole picture, how he had gotten hit and when he had talked about it afterward, the re Nick had said that, you know, when he was on first and he was upset about getting hit, um, he, all he wanted to do was do his best to score so he can raise that ERA, that pitcher's ERA. So when he was upset with the pitcher, instead of being mad at the pitcher and charging the mound, he played the game as hard as he could to try to get back at them within the game. And isn't that kind of the way you want it? Isn't that how you want players to go about it? You could be upset with kind of his flex over Woodford, but I would also say that those are the kinds of like raw in the moment, very brief emotions that the sport could use. And you also need to look at what Nick did afterward, like Kirby, like Nick Kirby was saying, how he walked off, he was calm. He, he spoke, Yachty had just grabbed his neck and, and he was talking to him man to man. You know, he wasn't trying to fight anybody. And for MLB to then go ahead and suspend him for that, when you can see that the intent of what Baez did was just so different. I don't, I, like, I, I, I don't want to say that MLB is doing it on purpose because I don't think they are, but somebody needs to go to their office and say, what are you guys trying to do? Because whatever you're trying to do is not working. It's not. Oh, not to mention that they like, there was put somebody it in a promo. That, yeah. How awesome would it be if there was somebody to answer questions about it? Yeah. Great. Yeah. I mean, they should have to explain themselves. I, th- I feel like Joe Torrey, when he was responsible yeah. for that, even though I didn't agree with everything he did, I feel like he would at least do an interview and like explain some of the stuff. Um, yeah, that that's, I'm, I think that's a great point. One thing real quick, those two games that Nick was suspended mattered. The Reds lost five, four, and then they lost a 10 inning game, those two games. So like that could cost the Reds their season, you know, like, it's not some joke. It's not some like, oh, he got suspended two games, you know, whatever. I mean, and, it mattered. And and when that happened, because um, when Nick had gotten suspended, I had went on an entire rant um, about how ridiculous it was. Like, th- th- think of the precedent you're setting, which is what I was upset about, because now we're getting into this point where obviously that precedent's not going to be set. But it's also frustrating because not only did they suspend Nick, but they also suspend Amir, and then they refuse to suspend other players who do similar things. And a 162-game season is a lot of games, but every single game matters. And I had said when Nick had got suspended that I'm upset because this isn't a joke. Every single game matters. Every single game is important. And if you want to try to be where you want to be at the end of the year, you need to have all of your guys available whenever you can playing at all times. I'm with it. So Ryan, I got to ask because obviously with your brother being who he is, there's a lot of different things that pop up. So what are you asked about more? I'm curious. Is it the deep fly ball to left field or is it the flip phone? Uh, I, I hear about both of them a lot. Um, I would say the the deep fly to left is something that I, I get in passing a lot. Um, no matter where I go in baseball, Twitter, There's always somebody saying something somewhere about Nick and his deep fly ball to left home run. And it it can literally be anything like somebody's talking about, um, you know, 
like uh, somebody had, you know, a tough death in the family. Oh, well, well, Nick's up to bat. He's about to hit a home run. Or, or if Nick was playing baseball in September in 2011, he would have had 35 home runs. Or it's just those things, that reach of where that can go is unlimited. So I get that every, all the time. As far as the flip phone, yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of funny that he has a flip phone all while being kind of like the face of like baseball meme Twitter and he doesn't even have a Twitter. I think that that in and of itself is its own meme. Um, but people do ask me about it. Um, people have even said that that Nick has inspired them to kind of think about making that own change in, in their own lives. So um yeah, I mean, it's just funny, all the different things, especially with Liam and his shirt, all the different things that Nick had done that wasn't even intentional, that ended up being these phenomenon, whether it's a meme or the shirt or, you know, the phone with the trend and all that. It, 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 it's just a cool ride. And it's funny. It really doesn't get old seeing all of these things just come up again and again and again I, I i absolutely love it especially since i'm i'm heavy on twitter so i see it all the time i, th I think the actual like you know the whole woodford slide and you know that kind of like brought the baseball world together to be like castellanos yeah. fans you know like to everything he does they you know bump it up a little bit no matter what it is just because they're like Fuck, we would we all would have reacted the same way we got drilled and then we go slide at home and get a knee to our back we scored a run we're gonna be all we would all be do the same exact thing i would think and i mean i think that's that's you know the baseball world knew it was kind of shitty on on what the mlb you know suspending him and stuff like that was yeah and um i mean it it does suck in terms of uh you know the like like playing as i was saying before every game is important um so it it does suck that he missed those two games but the fact that MLB suspended Nick, as far as his national attention and outreach, that was very beneficial for him in terms of becoming more of a household name because everybody was on his side in terms of how bullcrap that suspension was. Yeah. So after that whole scene with Woodford in the beginning of the year, and then he got suspended, um, and then he went out and, and said in his exit interview, uh, I, I slid, I said, let's go. And I walked out like that was epic. And that whole kind of moment with him and then the suspension and then the whole, um, you know, baseball community as a whole of fans from every team, you know, not only reaching out to me, but just, you know, putting out into the, you know, Twitter space that they're all hashtag free Castellanos, you know, we're all with Nick here. That was really, really cool to see. Honestly, not to, you know, just to be honest with you guys, that was that was really sure. cool to see. Um, I can imagine. But, <clears throat> um, but yeah, that <clears throat> that is also something that I think really set the tone for the season, uh, for the team. Um, and, and the it wasn't just the slide. I think the thing that set the tone more so was his interview at the end when he's saying that I'm here to win. I'm not trying to start the season 0 for two. I've lost my whole career and I'm here to win. When you're a young team or a young player hearing um, a more established older player say things like that, it basically forces you to get put into this mindset of, oh my goodness, we like, we, we need to get this done. Like our, 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 like one of our veteran guys is up here saying that 
it's game three of the season or game two of the season, and I'm going to play balls to the wall because every game matters. That those are the kinds of things that you need to be showing younger players to kind of get them acclimated into the big leagues and kind of start telling them what's important. It's not really about your own personal stats. It's about what you can do for the team today to try to help them to win. I always love when he gets the post game interview with Jim day, cause you know, you're going to get some good soundbite. Um, but yeah. also like, you know, like you said, just having the teams back, like, you know, the last series for the Austin break in Milwaukee, I think literally the last game he's like, goes on there. He's like, yeah, there was these guys on TV talking shit about our bullpen and like karma has a way to get you in this sport. And I'm like, my dude, like my dude. Yeah. <clears throat> I, 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 know, I know who that was, but I'm not telling you guys. Yeah, I'm not asking. Oh. <laughs> I have suspicions. Yeah. It's okay. Uh, we did get a couple questions. I want to make sure we, 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 we get to um, the first one was uh, what do you guys think about Luis Castillo's incredible turnaround? Well, I told you so. I, I don't know. I guess. Yeah, we've been we, we've been yeah, telling we, you guys all year. Now that's a good question. So. Yeah, I mean he's he's it's been incredible. Starts tomorrow, today, prop well today, today actually, and, and today for probably most people listening on the podcast. Um, yeah, big start for for Luis uh, going up against Mills, a uh, chance to win three or four in Chicago. That's man, that, that's big. Really send send the the cubs out uh uh on a nice uh nice you know nice tour. farewell parting gift yeah give him <laughs> give him a good farewell yeah. party um yeah. tell chris enjoy san francisco you know just no send him to the al send him to the als yeah. get, get the american league west. all yeah, all the american league teams let's go um so, uh, Nick, I, I have a question for you because people in my chat were, uh, were bringing you up and talking oh, about you a little bit in Twitch chat. Um, <clears throat> how do you stay so positive all the time on Twitter? You know, no, it's easy. The, Red, the Reds have sucked for my entire life. Like, come on. Like, I, I have I, I witnessed some of the worst seasons, like 2016, like – like, come on, the Reds are above 500 and it's almost August. Like, I don't know. It's just when you've, when you've been a fan of a team that has been bad, like, I mean, the Reds are like nine winning seasons. I'm 34. Like, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, I can let a lot of things slide when, when they're, um, you know, when they're good. And, and honestly, for the most part, um, I like the direction that the, the front office is in um, um, the, the Reds for a long time were kind of like this anti analytical team. They had guys that were uh, like three ten on base guys batting first and second, and they've completely <laughs> <Brandon flipped. Phillips>. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they've completely, you know, flipped a lot of their thinking. So from my perspective, I think they're doing most things the right way. There's still things I don't agree with, but for the most part, they've, they've changed. They've overhauled their pitching development. There's, there's so many things to like about what the Reds are doing. Um, but that on top of, I mean, just they're, they're both like, if you can't enjoy this, why are you a fan of the team? Like, I, that's what I, that's what I, I don't. Yeah. And, and, I, and regardless of their record, I mean, of, of course the record is really all that matters, but the team is very fun to watch. They are. I mean, the, the whole lineup can, you know, can do anything exciting at any point, everybody in the lineup, um, even Kyle Farmer 
has uh <laughs> i has, like uh, kyle i like kyle. i know i know i'm just messing around. i said kyle kidding. farber should be the shortstop <laughs> in april i i, I don't want to i hope i don't like come across as hating i really really like no him. i know i know I'm, I'm just i'm just playing but um uh, yeah i i i agree with you trevor story would would be an upgrade i i was just saying if you were asking me in terms of sure. um the you know the value of, the, of what we would have to give up and and kind of what would I think a fifth starter would would be where I would go or a top end starter that could push one of our other starters a little bit back. Um, I think um, Max Scherzer would get mad if we call him a fifth starter. It, Max Scherzer is not a fifth starter. Dude is a number one <laughs> starter. That that guy's intensity is is insane. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Wayne Miley though, I mean. Uh... <laughs> Wade Miley would tell you that Max Scherzer is above him. Okay. <laughs> that guy is, uh, I, I've been around him a little bit when Nick was with him in Detroit. Um, that guy's competitiveness is so off the charts that he basically wills himself. Obviously, his stuff is great, but those videos of the manager coming out to take him out, which has happened multiple times, and him just pacing around the mound, like storming around the field, like a starving dog salivating at the mouth. And then just looking the manager like in the eye, like telling him like, this is mine. I want this. This is mine. Like that kind of stuff fires me up and it makes me love him so much. So if we got Scherzer, I don't even care about his numbers right now. I don't even know what his numbers are right now. I don't know what his velo is. I don't know about his health. I just know that I want that guy on my team. So if that's somebody we can get, I am all for it, even if we have to sit Kyle Farmer because of it. <laughs> Let, let's go ahead. The Reds aren't getting Max sure. I don't want anyone to get their hopes up. It's not happening. Hey, you're supposed to be the positive guy, Nick. Yeah, I'm not that yeah, positive. our dreams. Uh, well, <laughs> I think everything I read was he wants to go West Coast. Like, they were like, he doesn't even want to play for the Yankees. Like, I heard, yeah, I heard Dodgers and uh, Padres, maybe. I can see that. Carlos played for the Padres, so if you see his face get excited, that's <laughs> did did uh, did Gallo get traded to the Yankees? He did. Or... Yeah. Yeah. You guys excited to see a beardless Gallo? It's gonna be oh, weird. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. yeah. You, you remember uh Smooth Ned O'Dor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he looks so strange with no beard. It's, I yeah, thought Garrett it's... Cole looked pretty weird. Yeah without the without the beard i don't know the first time he did like a press conference I was like whoa you know like geez. the weirdness will forever always be johnny damon going from his like full hair oh in yeah that yeah, was that's just like call. yeah yeah that'd be like charlie blackman having to get rid of his <laughs> uh we did get one other other question um actually we have some more popping in so we'll try to get to him here and I, I know it's well past tim's bedtime um i'm hanging <laughs> i have my 10 p.m coffee you're a trooper tim you're a trooper um i know the, the question was um we credit johnson for getting the best out of the pitchers is the hitting coach accountable for the lack of progress regression for a eugenio's absolutely 100 percent not yeah no. yeah I, that's a silly question well, not a silly question but like thanks for watching no not a silly <laughs> question that's the wrong thing to say but yeah, no, that's yeah. Do that. I don't. I don't think. I mean, you can. I don't think there's anyone to blame for it. You know, it's just it's 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 one of these things. You you know the guy's trying. I mean, you know he puts in the work. You know he cares. Yeah. Um, 
it's it sucks. It's it just sucks. I, I hope he turns it around. Um, but it just sucks. I, I don't. And, and look at the Reds' overall offensive production. I mean, you have to like 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 Nick Cassiano. See, he took a big leap from last year to this year. Um, Jonathan India looks pretty good. Tyler Stevenson looks pretty good. You know, the Reds have had a lot of guys that have have taken leaps. So I don't know. I don't think you just single out. You know, one it's, guy. I think you have to look at. I mean, even even with pitchers, like you don't get missed with a whole lot whenever you're at you're in four A. Like, you know, they're there to basically do it. You know, kind of like call to you and hey, maybe you can try this, maybe you can try that, but they're not changing you up 100 percent unless you're somebody who's, you know, make maybe like a, a waiver wire claim. Hey, let's try and you know figure this out or do this or do that. But somebody established like like a Eugenio, they can give him like little ideas that might help him, like that might like trigger his mindset or something like that. But I mean, he knows how to hit. He knows what he needs to do. He, he knows his body. He knows he's seen the video. He knows what he's doing wrong. And it's just, it's a process and it sucks right now. The, the stage that he's in. Hey, you got a home run yesterday and a double off the wall today. Yeah. He so, loves uh, Wrigley. I'm, loves I'm just, Wrigley. I'm just trying to, to take the, the Nick Kirby, you know, route here and be a little optimistic. I think Goodbye we all are. With, I think we all are with Gino. Yeah. I get pissed whenever people start talking <laughs> shit about him on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it's, it goes with Cincinnati sports fans, man. I don't know. Like, I, I have no problem like like criticizing and right when a boo fan, boo boo players, like if they're not hustling or they're come. Does anyone think there's anyone on the Reds that this year, this year, isn't trying? Like, right. I mean, this this seems like a team that has. Um, overachieved in terms of like their effort, you know, like so. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, we still got yeah, questions you, you rolling see, in. Like after you know Joey's home runs, he's like you know does his little dance with him, but he gives him a little pat on the back, like hey, let's go, let's have a good AB. You know that's what he's telling him. Like everybody's rooting for him. You know everybody who's there at the game is rooting for him. He's got a huge fan base. Like we just come on, Gino. Every everybody loves Gino, man. I mean, yeah. Um, I don't know about it, everyone. I haven't seen my mentions. Well, <laughs> e- e- even even the people that are upset with his uh, his performance, they they love Gino and they want to love Gino. And um, I, I I don't know. I mean I mean it it really because because Nick Nick had played with him before uh, in Detroit only for a year, um, so so he had some past experience with him. He knows that Gino is an awesome dude. Uh, just a very nice guy, and he's had a ton of success in the past, obviously. So um, it, it just kind of, um, you know, stinks to watch, to, you know, to watch him struggle. Um, but even then, I will say that he, he, what is he hitting, 175 or something at this point? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, it's kind of a productive 175. I mean, he has, you know, his 18 or 19 home runs. Um, I don't know how many RBIs he has. Um, I know he would tell you himself that, he needs to be playing way better. But in today's game, uh, unfortunately, there are spots in a lineup for players like that. Yeah, I was going to reiterate your point earlier. 175 this year in 2014 is like 223, you know, like kind of that range. So, Yeah, I mean, it's not good. And his defense hasn't right. been good either, so – but I, I don't know. I mean, some of the stack ass numbers say he's not like he's not like a giant leap away. He's just more of a, a big step. You know, yeah. 
Um, you guys want to get a couple more questions sure. here? That they're one oh one a.m. and they're flying in. Love you guys. That's awesome. Um, kind of an interesting question. I don't know if you guys will have any input on this, but a question that may not re- uh, relate directly to the Reds, but does the Nationals' COVID outbreak complicate things in terms of <clears throat> making a trade? Um, well, can Trey Turner travel to meet us in New York? <laughs> I, I think mm-hmm. if the Reds were interested in trade, I, mean, Turner I, don't, think, I don't think it's going to have any effect on a trade. Yeah. I think the Reds would wait 10 or 15 days for trade Turner if they were going to pull the trigger on that. So um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe if the Reds were interested in a relief pitcher from the nationals, then maybe it could change, you know, things up. Sure. The Reds, obviously uh, they used the two relievers they got uh, uh, at midnight last night, tonight, so last night, whatever days uh but um <laughs> yeah i saw that uh sessa and his, pre- his presser said that roldy was uh gonna get him in touch with some people to kind of get him set- situated here in cincy that's cool i like it uh thoughts on where matt mcclain matt mcclain and jose barrio play in the infield in a few years i mean i think barrio would be the shortstop and i think matt mcclain's like a shortstop that would be better at another position from what I've my untrained, you know, minor league scout has read. Yeah. That's a, that's a Doug gray question. I got to ask Doug that one. I try to stay out of that. And then um, kind of lastly, and we'll let Tim, what if you want to, whatever else uh, we'll, but we'll call I'm it here guys still, on man. the questions. Uh, I already know your opinion. How does everyone else feel about, Jose Barrio coming up this year as a possibility for the Reds if they don't obtain a shortstop. I mean, I think it would be a good move. It's going to give more depth. I mean, depth isn't a bad thing. I mean, Kyle Farmer's still balling like he is. It's Kyle Farmer's job, and we got somebody on somebody on the bench. But if he starts struggling, then there's Barrio, and he's sitting well. Hopefully, he can keep going. But I mean, options, options, options. It's something you've always preached, Nick. You can't have too many good hitters, too many good position players. You can't have any good, too many good pitchers. So bring them up, baby. Yeah, you know he's major league ready defensively at least. So, you know, anything he gives you on the bat is a plus. Yeah, I think you would – this if they don't get a shortstop, um, I think you would just – you. I would keep him in AAA until you feel like, you know – you need an upgrade for, for farmer. I'd write farmer out as long as you can, you know, and you want him to keep getting, uh, you know, four at bats at night. You don't want Barrio coming up and just sitting on the bench. Now, if we start getting into late August and farmer's still, still raking, then yeah, maybe you just call him up and he can be the backup. Um, but I think right now at this time, you'd want him to keep getting the, the, the at bats. Is there, is there any reason like service time why they wouldn't like, is there anything that's going to benefit? I don't know. Not really. The Reds called him up last year. Um, that 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 wouldn't have anything to do with it. I just I would just assume you'd want him. You don't want him coming up and playing once or twice a week. You right. want him playing every day in Louisville until you feel like he's going to at least be getting you know three, four, five starts a week. Um, well, what about September when the rosters expand? Um, especially if we haven't picked up a new shortstop. Um, I, I don't see why we wouldn't bring him around, <laughs> especially since he's already kind of been here before. Um, and, uh, you know, just adding that depth a little bit. Um, I believe, uh, what, the minor league season ends uh, early September or something like that? Yeah, I think uh, you're late, right. Late August. So 
if he's not playing ball and we have expanded rosters, I don't see why he wouldn't be at least somebody that they would bring on for depth reasons. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's only three players though this year on the expanding. It's only yeah, maybe it's maybe only two. Maybe it's I think it's twenty eight. So it might only be that's only two more players, right? I thought I thought it was twenty five to thirty, thirty two or something. Oh, I don't know. I know it was cut down drastically. It's not forty anymore. Yeah, not only that. Oh, it used um, to be forty. You're right. Wow. Louisville's definitely not making the playoffs in the international because everybody couldn't fit in those small like uh, Cub dugouts and. The Red Sox little dugouts. <laughs> you got to give everybody a high five. It takes you forever after you hit a home run. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it, it's, it, it it got too crowded in the post game showers. Somebody complained. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's only twenty eight. Twenty eight. Twenty is the twenty eight. Yeah, okay. So I mean, but yeah, I mean, uh, you would want him. I would say if you get into like maybe even like the third week of August. And farmers still just running. They call probably call him up there. You're close enough to the end of the season. You've got him enough enough at bats. I just don't think I would call him up, you know, tomorrow, because he's not going to play enough. I, you know, I, I don't think to justify it. And I don't. I know people are going to say play Kyle Farmer at third base. I, man, I, it's it's Mike Mustakis or or Nixon Zell is the only person I'm taking. Suarez out of the lineup for um, that. That's my opinion. I know people, you know, might, might, might feel different. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like that's kind of a easier pill to swallow for Suarez. If he's getting replaced for, you know, you know, um, someone, someone like that. Um, yeah. yeah. I agree. What else you got? That all I, don't know. We got I, think, I think that was it. we got to, Reds have a thin bench, so who would make the most sense to add? So it would make the most sense to add a bat in September. Um, I don't. I don't know if the Reds have a thin bench. They just have a weird bench. Like yeah. they, <laughs> they, they have like a lot of the same pieces. Um, um, oh yeah, I mean like Alex Blandino just had started his rehab assignment. So how does Senzel. he factor in Senzel? You know, we talked about TJ Friedel a little bit last week. I don't know if I don't think he's on the forty man where he can be called up, but I'm sure it's a name people are monitoring. Yeah, I don't. Well, I, they better I, get him up to AAA. Is he, is he at AAA? He's at AAA now. He's okay, two, I thought he he has two home runs. Like, yeah, he's not like spectacular, but like he had like a stretch where he had like a couple couple nice hits, and people were like, "What about TJ Friedel?" Yeah. You gotta have elite on base percentage if you don't have power. It just it doesn't work. I'm sorry. I, I hate to be. Who's pitching tomorrow for the Cubs? Alec Alec Mills. Ooh, a right-hander. Yeah. Uh oh. Yeah. Joey hits a. Uh, and a day game. One Ball flies in the over there. Oh. That's a that's definitely a guy that uh that Joey could, could get one. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah, I hadn't seen any 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 reports on uh, Nick Ryan. Um, how's he feeling? Like morale? Not I don't need like a update when he's coming back, but like how's he feeling? Is he feeling okay morale wise and stuff like that? Um, he's uh, as far as morale and, and how he's doing, like in his head, uh, he he's anxious, man. He he doesn't like sitting. He doesn't like not playing. He doesn't like watching. Um, <clears throat> that's I feel like that's that's kind of why he's kind of been uh, um, would preferably not be a DH because he doesn't like sitting in the dugout just kind of watching he likes being out and involved at all times 
Um, so uh, that part is the toughest part of not playing. Um, as far as how he's feeling physically, um, he told me uh, that he is feeling a lot better since he got to Chicago. Um, he's been doing, um, you know, some, uh, he, it was hurting when he would sprint because obviously with the micro fracture here, just the act of moving your arm up and down to run, he couldn't do that uh, for a little bit. Um, now he said it, it's starting to loosen up a little bit where uh, he can do that with almost no pain. Um, but he still is having some, uh, you know, tenderness uh, after the fact, um, after doing like his little workouts or whatever. Um, he is he is still working out. Um, I think he's doing very, very limited upper body stuff. Um, I know you got there was the video of him out there shagging fly balls uh, in Chicago, which is good. Um, so uh, I think it's I think it's close. Um, it's not anything that we know for sure just yet. Um, yeah. But uh, it's definitely improving. But the thing the thing about that is that it's because it's a micro fracture and because it, it is actual um, you know, like some bone damage, uh, you know, there's only so fast that those things can kind of, you know, get covered and healed up a little bit. Yeah. And, um, so when, when we had initially thought that it was just like a, <clears throat> you know, like a bone bruise and a pain tolerance thing, um, that's, that's when you saw him trying to like, you know, push it and try to, you know, get through it. So just to reiterate you guys, Nick hit a ball to the warning track with a fractured wrist, which is, <laughs> which is absolutely yeah. insane. I wonder how that felt. Uh, <laughs> uh, he he told me it felt terrible, and and even like whenever you barrel it up or hit on the barrel, it takes away the sting of the ball. Like, mm -hmm. could you imagine if he would have got sawed off or something? Holy yeah, it, it's crazy too because he said he barreled it up really good. So, if <laughs> could you guys imagine if he had hit a home run there, and then there was a report the next day that he had a fractured wrist? So like he he cut at the legend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, that would have been insane. Yeah. Um, but but he he's it's his he, right wrist right, um, yeah his so right wrist yeah his, so uh, we might we might start getting like a little parrot home run <clears throat> shot like in front of the film Edwin it's, it's like the 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 Punisher but just a little different just running like this around the bases is he yeah. Coco Beware? <laughs> um, but uh, we're we're hoping it can be soon, man, because he 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 really wants to play. Um, yeah, but um, but he I hope he, it's. That's sooner than later too, so he doesn't have to do like a rehab stint, and that would suck. Uh, I I don't I don't think he will. I mean, because he he's been with the team the entire time. It's not like he's been um, you know, not traveling and and, and not doing uh, stuff with the team. So yeah, um, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things where he he wants to come back, but you also don't want to be back if you're feeling like you have to change how you swing or if you feel like you can't, you know, do this a certain way, and then you got to start changing certain things because that's when you could start, um, you know, cause, cause Nick's on such a good run right now. Um, you know, he, he's been so consistent with this swing all year um, in, in seasons past, um, you know, I, I see him always tweaking his swing and tweaking his stance and um, you know, doing one thing for a couple months, doing something else for a couple months um, this year, he's been the same hitter the entire year. Uh, and he's really found that that consistency in his stride. So um, I wouldn't want him to go out and, and play when he feels like he can't be himself. Um, but also, I understand the urgency of, you know, the limited games left. So um, it's just trying to get his wrist as close to 
what feels like a usable, like hundred percent, and then uh, he'll be good to go. Yeah. When is the actual ten day up? <clears throat> I think it's coming up soon. Uh, I think I I think it's the end of this week, but I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure because um, they retroactively placed him. Um, it wasn't even on the day that he he got his hit that that he got the at bat. I think they actually put it in for like a day or two after that. Um, it had to have so, been after his last AB. I'm not sure the day that, that they hit. put it. Yeah. yeah, it. If it was the 10 day DL and that was last week on Monday, uh, it should be coming up by the end of this week. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm also not sure about uh, you know what when he's going. If <clears throat> I I don't think that he's going to be available tomorrow or the day after. Um, but I do think that it's going to be soon, hopefully. Yeah. That's is there any uh, risk of re-injuring it or, or not re-injuring, I mean, making it worse? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not qualified to answer that, uh, but um, there wasn't any other uh, damages that they saw. I mean, in order to see the damages that they did see, it required a CT scan, which is way more in depth than even the MRI or the regular X-ray, obviously. So he has no uh, ligament damage. Um, he did have uh, pain and swelling and stiffness uh, throughout all of his fingers, <clears throat> but that was because um, this area that he got hit, there's not a lot of uh, you know meat or muscle or anything. It's all just kind of bone and skin and ligament. So when you get hit here, all the swelling goes right into the joints and it kind of stiffens everything up. So um, everything he's been, he's been saying that it's feeling localized now. So it, that the kind of swelling, you know, into the rest of the area of the arm isn't, isn't really there anymore. It's more of just kind of a very specific localized pain. Um, so I don't think there will be risk of other injury, but you still would want it to be. Cause remember, he also needs to throw. Um, he, he, he was struggling throwing, you know, past 90 feet when he was, trying to rush to get back before we had saw that there was actually any structural damage. Um, but I, I don't think that that's something that you could risk re-injuring um, just because, uh, you know, it's not like he has pins in there, didn't need surgery. Um, and, and, and there, there wasn't anything that needed to be kind of shifted around. So um, I, I think it's just the bone itself, just kind of, uh, I don't know, healing itself a little bit, uh, I don't know what, what do bones do they put like a callus in there and then kind of like like get over it you guys ever break a bone they kind of like the, the bone miserable. gets covered or something yeah and it's a micro fracture remember so it's not that entire process needed with like a regular break yeah. um just know that nick is so anxious to get in that <laughs> when he can get in he'll play i mean he, he he even played with a broken wrist so he he will get in as soon as he can but it's that balance of, of um, being in and feeling like you're healthy enough to be able to provide for the team, you know, the way that you know that you can. And it could be, you know, a detriment to him if he were to go in before he felt like he was ready um, because you, you want him to feel the way he has been feeling in order to produce the way that he's been producing. Yeah, Nick's a gamer. I think we all yeah. we all recognize that. Yeah, I'm sure. His agent says you better not go in there before you're 100. <laughs> percent 
<laughs> Scott. Especially knowing who his agent is. <laughs> Wait, funny. Scott? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I missed the first question. I'm sorry. What, what, what about no, Scott? I said, I said, Scott's probably telling Nick, don't you dare go in there before you're 100%. <laughs> I, I really don't know what Scott and Nick talk about, so I'm not, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm 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 not just in that. I have no idea. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, I mean, I, I just want him to feel like he can go up there and hit. I mean, I don't want him to be up there hitting if we feel like he has to swing with one hand. Um, so yeah. um, he, he's been saying he's been feeling better. So I'm sure that it's close. I mean, the, 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 uh, um, oh man, the injured list stint is about to up, be up the day, the, the, the amount of days that he got put on the 10 days is about to be up. So I'm sure we'll be getting at least an official announcement or evaluation soon, either from bell or, or somebody else. Um, and yeah, I'm really hoping, I mean, at the very, if he's not ready to go by August 12th, when they come here for the 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 brave series i'm going to be very upset because i'll be there and if he's not playing i'm going to be very pissed <laughs> but <laughs> just that's, throw the jersey that's... on and go jog out to right field nobody <laughs> will know. yeah i'm uh <laughs> my twitch streamers would like this but i'm, I'm the wish.com castellanos when it comes to playing uh right <laughs> field and hitting so uh if you guys wanted me to pitch i could do that uh but i i, I don't know about fielding uh hit, hitting might work but fielding would be atrocious <laughs> yeah i went to go uh to a my old college here in town and you know batting practice i went up there i was like oh let me grab a glove let me go shag a couple first fly ball that was hit to me i missed by like 10 feet i was like oh shit uh you were a, a pitcher right yeah okay do, do you remember the good old days of the bp shagging uh <laughs> That's 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 when I would get all my uh, all, all my uh, running in because I, I would I would uh, we would play uh, five hundred with all with all the other uh, teammates. Oh yeah, then you got the pitching coach yelling at you to quit running after every damn ball, <laughs> or or the actual outfielders being upset for you calling them off. <laughs> yeah, the uh, so Rawlings would give us two gloves a year. One would be a pitching glove, and one would be an outfielder's glove. <laughs> you got an outfielder's glove. Yeah, because Rawlings would give us, uh, you know, you get two gloves a year. So I'd get one for a pitching glove that I would use, like to play catch with, which would be my next year's glove, um, gamer. And then I would have my uh, other one be an outfielder's glove. But but you were you were a major leaguer, right? Yeah, for a little bit. Yeah, well, uh, I was just a minor leaguer, so we didn't get any of that stuff. <laughs> I didn't get anything. So. Me neither. I'll, I'll send you a glove, Nick. Oh. <laughs> I, I love how you, you, you were just the, oh. <laughs> yeah. oh man. We're all here for the free shit. It's all we're here for. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ryan, man, this was awesome to have you on. Really enjoyed getting a chance to kind of talk some baseball with you and shoot the shit. So. Um, before we get out of here, you know, obviously we'll give you the floor to shout out your Twitch stream, your social medias, uh, anything where people can interact with you by all means, man, take a, take a moment. All right. Well, um, I'm sure you guys have seen me on Twitter. Uh, my name's, uh, Ryan underscore cast underscore on Twitter. 
Uh, but more importantly, uh, in my Twitter bio will be my uh, my Twitch link. That's twitch.tv slash parkballers with a Z. Uh, that name came out because of my momentary dyslexia and uh, nobody wanted to uh, correct me on the name. So it became parkballers. I had to come up with a name that fit the acronym. Um, and, uh, in my stream, we watched the, I don't have any of the, you know, the audio or the video from the game for copyright reasons, but everybody in there is watching the Reds game and, uh, you know, we're all interacting with each other and I've kind of built like my own little community there where, um, as soon as I sign on, you know, I have the same, so many people show up and how are you doing? How's everybody doing? And, and it's so positive in there, which is such, you know, a difference than what you see on Twitter where uh, if we're winning, of course, everything is great and everybody's going good. Um, everybody's always making crazy predictions and, and you know, we're calling them out and all that. Um, and when we're losing, uh, you know, instead of being negative and all that stuff, we just start talking about anything, whether, you know, uh, whether it's Pokemon, which comes up a lot, certain video games, food, Skyline Chili, movies, just, uh, it really is just kind of a cool way to, you know, watch the game and kind of, connect with the whole group of people uh through the twitch community so if you're interested in anything like that uh you can come check out my stream um if you do follow me on twitter um i usually post uh, about a couple hours before i go live um that's not my job or anything right now so i'm kind of you know uh just whenever i do have the time available i'll plan a stream and do it um i may be going live tomorrow if you guys wanted to do that um, but I won't know for sure until I get home and see what time it is. So just stay tuned. And if you guys do come, I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, it's going to wrap up this week's edition of Late Night Reds Talk Live. Uh, like we are here every Wednesday on the YouTubes. Nick, Carlos, myself, we like to come here and obviously talk. But if you can't check the live stream, by all means, we are on everything. Apple, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, you name it. Wherever you check out your podcasts. Late Night Reds Talk Live is there. Everyone, thank you again so much. Had a ton of fun. Have a great night. See you. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.